You're now listening to the Heroes for Sale podcast, your daily podcast for sports card news and opinions. What's up, everybody? Before we get into today's episode, I just want to talk to you about our sponsor. So you've heard me mention the launch of Starstock now for a few weeks, and they just officially went live this week. Starstock is building a sports car marketplace aimed to be faster and cheaper for flipping sports cards than any other platform. Check out Starstock.com to buy or sell right now. Here's what Starstock is offering. 5% commission, no ingestion fee. You can send your cards in and they do all the work. Cards are guaranteed and secured in a vault and you can choose to ship the cards back at any time. You can buy, flip, store, and ship cards all with the click of a button. If you're interested in getting involved as a seller, contact Mike at StarStock.com. StarStock is only looking for rookie cards and prospects of current players. For more information, contact Mike at StarStock.com. Now let's get into the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Adam. I am your host. So on today's episode, I've got some news. So I have sold some higher-end cards. So, and high, and it's the the weird thing is. So they're higher end. I mean, they're over. I can just tell you. So I not even really higher end. There are two. I sold two Luca PSA ten Prism rookies, and I sold the other Kobe PSA ten tops rookie. So I sold the two Luca rookies, which you know I think once the league comes back, we're gonna see. Um, we'll probably see some of the cards go up a bit. Um, so I sold $600 a piece, basically, so 1200 bucks, And then I sold the Kobe rookie for $1,400. Now, I think the, the thing that I run into sometimes when... or I, Actually, I never really have run into this issue until now. So this is something that I'm sort of learning on the fly slash figuring out as I'm going. So, like, I bought the two Lucas for 135 so about 60 60 whatever a piece 67 65 however much it comes out to and then I, and I bought the Kobe rookies for about 125 a piece so you know the fact that the fact that I sold them essentially for 10x what I bought them for each of them too which is insane I'm all right with there being more value for those cards in the future. With the Kobe card, it was a little bit tougher to sell uh, just because I – or not like tougher to sell. Like it it was fairly easy to sell, but I just – I was struggling with when I wanted to sell the card. Originally when I bought it last summer, I had planned on selling it when he went into – when he went into the Hall of Fame, you know, obviously things have changed it from that standpoint of, like, his cards. And I still do have two raw versions. Now, maybe this is from a collector standpoint. I'm all right with having the raw versions of the cards, which I could probably sell those as well. And, I mean, those are probably, I would say they've got to be a, a few hundred, maybe 150 a piece. I haven't looked up the card's value, so I don't know off the top of my head. But I'm all right with selling these cards now because, well, for, I mean, first of all, I've talked about this in the past. I'm getting married in September, so there's still stuff that we need to pay for. Um, and the fact that I 10 x the investment on both of those cards 
you know, like I said, I'm all if if the Luca. I mean, it's going to be unfortunate down the road if the Luca card turns into like a two thousand dollar card. Like you know, that would be unfortunate. But I mean, I think you if you need the money, you shouldn't feel like you can't sell something. I guess. Um. Especially if you have the card, like if you if you bought the card, let's say at like five six hundred five. If you, let's say if you bought it at like four hundred and fifty dollars, I would say there here there's a couple different angles you can take. You could say like, what's the point of even selling it if you're going to only be selling it for six hundred, where you're going to be paying tax, you're going to pay a bunch of stuff, you're going to pay fees and stuff. So, like, what's the point of even selling it, I mean, unless, I mean, if you're, and here's, the, I don't know, I guess the, the, the main, the main point is that like, if you are, if you need the money, you should just sell the card. Like don't, and don't feel like down the road, if the card is worth more money that you should feel bad about selling the card. Like for me, like I said, the wedding is coming up, so I I need the money for to pay for stuff for the wedding, and the fact that you know overall there was only a between the three cards that I sold there was only really like a hundred no there's like two hundred fifty dollar buy in and I'm selling them at I mean in total it's I think it's twenty twenty five hundred ish twenty six hundred. And I mean that stuff is I mean that's that money is going directly into the wedding fund, which is I mean I'm you know, and that it, it also at the same time it like makes me it makes me like glad that I am able to do that with sports cards and I'm still i I'm still trying to sell one of my silver Mbappe PSA tens. And then if I can sell a couple other things, that would essentially, that's essentially going to cover a majority of what I am responsible for, for the wedding. And a lot of like, and you know, it's cool that I'm going to be able to, after the wedding and in a few years, look back and say like sports cards were the reason why I was able to fund some of this stuff. Um, and another thing that I'm kind of thinking about is like, if you're newer into sports cards, I think one maybe misconception that there is, is that you can buy and sell, like buy a card and then sell it the next week for whatever the amount is, I guess. And I think looking, just looking at my own personal experience, you should be kind of I think the way that you should sort of plan out investing in cards is look at look in like a three two to three month window and see what's gonna happen down the road. So like before coronavirus and before the all the pandemic stuff went down, I was looking at playoff the playoff picture and I was looking at players who I thought were gonna make an impact. This is, and this is why I bought, and I had planned on selling some of these cards. So I bought a bunch of Donovan Mitchell cards because I felt like the, 
the Jazz had a pretty good shot in the playoffs. So I bought a, some Donovan Mitchell cards that I had planned on selling in the in the playoffs, which where they're at now, too, the weird thing with those cards is where they're at now is where I expected them to be during the playoffs. So I guess, realistically, maybe I will look to sell them. I just don't, like, a lot of stuff, and there's a, also there's a few different things that, and I know I'm jumping all over the place, but with cards, a lot of the buying you should do should be long-term. Like, I think I had a podcast a couple, maybe a month ago, where I talked about like an 80-20 strategy where 80% of the cards you're buying are either veterans or Hall of Famers and then maybe 20% or even do 100% and then if you sell for profit, use some of those profits and gamble on some stuff. So I look at it that way and... I guess the Donovan Mitchell cards that I had planned on buying, I was going to sell during the playoffs. So I was looking at like a three-month window where I thought there could be a lot of growth leading up to that moment, which is why I bought the cards. And I think that's a strategy that you should be looking at where like I think this sports – and I, but honestly the thing is that for the next year or so, the sports schedule is going to be a little bit wonky. So, in reality, you're going to have a, probably about a year or so where things are a little bit weird. and But I still think that, like, there's going to be two to three-month windows where you can look at the price of a card and say, if the player does well in the playoffs or if they do – if they have a hot start to the season, like, that card should go up. And, like, playoffs, start to the season, uh, MVPs type of stuff. Like, And sometimes what you'll find is that with MVP type investments, the value is already baked in. Because with MVP, MVP type caliber players, you know, I think you're looking at a lot of veterans who already have a ton of value. Like, if you were to look at James Harden's cards... They already are expensive, and they sh- they in theory they should go up if he wins MVP. And these are all theories and concepts that I think, as sports card buyers and sellers, investors, collectors, we should look at and say like these windows of when you can buy these cards are sometimes longer, sometimes shorter. Sometimes the value of like a James Harden card is already baked into the price before he even wins an MVP. Or like, I mean, that's an, I mean, I guess that's one reason why some people maybe look at like younger players and they look at potentially rookies of the year um, and say like that's a reason why like if they if they think they can win rookie of the year that's a reason why they may buy the cards. You know, it's there isn't like I said there's no right way or wrong way to do it it's whatever works best for you and that's another great part about sports cards is that there's no specific way to buy and sell like there are good ways to look at the situation and say um like you can save money on fees or whatever 
or you can save money in certain ways. That way you can make more money in the long term when you sell the cards. But it's not necessarily the the right way I'm putting in parentheses. There isn't really a right way to do it. Like, you know, ethically, that's the right way to do it. Ethically, that's you shouldn't be scamming people. I think that goes without saying. Uh, you shouldn't be... You, uh, I mean, I think people think that this goes on more often than it really does. You shouldn't, if you have an audience, you shouldn't be buying a card and then trying to get other people, like talking about it and getting other people to sell it. I mean, I think with that scenario, like that definitely, I don't think that happens as often as people think it does. Like I, and I think what happens is that when, and it's it's something that I definitely need to be careful of, to be honest, because a lot of the cards that I talk about is stuff that I have bought. Um, but I guess maybe the thing that I do is I'll talk about selling it, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I just think that people people think it goes on more often than it does because, like, like sorry, I'm actually just going to look up someone's Instagram uh, because they're there's an Instagram page that has some really great information. Hold on, I'm looking it up right now. That, um, I'm gonna pull it up in two seconds if I, once I find it. Uh, card sites. So, I mean, they have a lot of great information. And they did. They came out with a series, they said, the uh, effect on investment groups, you know, and I thought the, the, the objectivity of the post I thought was very interesting. You know, but there's people who see that and they say, well, that's why there shouldn't be investment groups. And it's like, well, I, I don't know. I don't, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree fully because I obviously I write for, uh, I write for card hops and they were one of the subjects of the, of the posts of one of the posts. There was a couple different posts. So like, I don't feel like. I feel like people think it's going on more often than not, but I also don't think that I don't think that people can affect the market as much as people think that they can, I guess. That if that's a if that's one way to one way to word it in in a way. So the 3 to, the 2 to 3 month window and for me like these the Lucas and I, I, I like but I also think there's like a year window you can look at. For example, like the Kobe cards, I bought them in August of 2019. And I plan on selling them, during, selling them during the summer of 2020. Like the Peyton Manning card is another great example where that card has gone up in value like a ton. And it may be because of the long-term Hall of Fame type of scenario that people are seeing with some of these other players. I think David Ortiz is going to be another example. I think... Manny Ramirez next year. I mean, they're delaying also the they're delaying the NBA uh, Hall of Fame ceremony, so till next year, which makes sense. I mean, the Hall of Fame's in Springfield, which is like sort of right down the street from me, so you know things aren't opening up yet. So that's I mean, it makes sense that they would delay it, and I think. I, I I don't know. I actually I'd be interested to see the class next year. I don't know who's going to be in the Hall of Fame class. I don't know if they do it on two different weekends or if everybody's in together. I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but either way, they like delayed the class. So like you can look a year ahead. So I mean, there's there's I feel like there's like a two month window you can look at for like if you're looking for playoffs 
or there's like a six month window if you're looking like beginning of the season to midway through the season and then there's like a year where it kind of depends on which which ones which cards you're looking at i guess because it could be hall of fame it could be retiring stuff like that i mean that's that's basically all i've got for this episode now i do want to talk about one other thing on today's episode and i i feel like it's sup it, so it's what happened in minnesota i think at this point 99.9% of people know exact know what i'm talking about it, it was the murder it was the horrific tragedy of what happened to george floyd um it doesn't none of the nothing nothing about this situation makes sense you know police officers are coming out and saying that's putting a knee on someone's neck that's not like I, they don't they were like they're like what is he even what are you even doing there's three other police officers there it it just literally they did it for 9 minutes nothing about it makes sense and i think that's maybe the worst aspect of it because it's like they just killed him like in the streets and as i talked about this on twitter a little bit and then i posted on instagram and I didn't want to feel like I was cherry picking where I was talking about this because I didn't want it to see because I posted on Twitter first. And this was sort of some of this is I don't know. It's the reason why I don't think maybe I didn't bring it up at first was because I I didn't feel like what I had to say would be important. Like it it was I didn't feel like what I was adding to the conversation was going to be seen as important maybe and that's sort of maybe a mixed conception that I have about my uh, my audience or my opinion on the topic and I think as somebody who has a does what I do does what I do I guess if that's a, a saying with sports as the main topic I think it's important to it's important to recognize and I talked about, like I talked about it on Twitter, and like the, the main thing that I don't understand that I, the reason, the, I think the main reason, like I said, why I didn't talk about this initially was I didn't know, I also didn't know what to say. That was the other problem. And I think um, what, you, what you can't, and I didn't know what to do, and that was kind of, those were two issues that I had with the situation that I, why I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And... So I have done like a little, I mean, I've done some research and you can go to Color of Change, uh, Twitter, Instagram, they're all over the place. And they have a bunch of links and stuff that you can either, I think, donate or you can uh, you can text Floyd to 55156 and that's signing a petition. So there is stuff that you can do even if you can't, I guess not not if you can't, but to support the situation in a way that is actually helping because I watched a video with Killer Mike who I think is he has the I think he has a potential to go down as one of the more important voices of this generation because of the way that he has always spoken out about stuff like this and he he has such a like he is one of the uh, artists in the group Run the Jewels, which is a phenomenal, um, phenomenal rap group. Like that's another thing. Like I am a fan of rap music and hip hop, and 
it, it was similar to, and, and I think I was able to come up with more and say more when, so Adam 22 is a, uh, hip hop, like, uh, social media personality, I guess, if you could say that. And I think he summed it up where he, he felt like he had, people were getting on him because they were saying that he had to say something about it because of his profession. And I sort of felt similar because of with, with sports and with my interests, like it was, I guess it's important to do some of the, you know, I, like I said, it's tough. It's, it's hard for me to kind of formulate what I want to say. All, all I can say is that I want people to try and help in any way they can. And I mean, for me, it could be my own ignorance or it could be my own not seeing it with my own eyes. Like I've only seen the racism depicted on television. So like I, and that's, I, I 100% think that I'm wrong about that. Like I definitely think that I've seen it and just not realize that I've been seeing it. So I guess that's an issue that maybe I need to try and be more vigilant, but also just recognize more often what's going on. And I think if you want to help, there are ways. Color, I think color of change is a good way to look at look at like what they're doing and try and support them and reposting stuff that's reposting stuff that can help because I think that that's one that's one of the ways that you can help and that's the way that I think I'm going to try and help. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit on today's episode. Um but and that's I mean that's pretty much my thoughts and hopefully hopefully you can find a way to uh, help from some of the stuff that I talked about. That's going to be it for today's episode. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank our sponsor, Starstock. If you want to follow me on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, it's Heroes for Sale. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.